0: Eric, did we, get a, did we send money to Africa yet? Okay, for those of you, hopefully I'll remember to announce it on Sunday too that uh, we, along with the other churches, have raised $10,000. We're sending $10,000 to Africa to start 100 brand new businesses that will contribute to families start entrepreneurism as well as generational blessing and causing men and women to tithe into the house of God. Praise God. So you're all a part of that, and we thank you for it. We thank Pastor Mike. We thank uh, all of the pastors that help us get to that point. So that is a great blessing. And uh, so we don't want to just preach the gospel, but we're helping change nations from the inside out. And uh, the good news is a message of the totality of the redemption of man not just one-sided or just the spiritual aspect of man amen Amen. all right so we're going to do something tonight that i do periodically i was home studying and uh getting ready to preach on the councils of the bible the councils of the soul the councils of sinners council of wicked men council of the scorners council of god and council of the mighty and uh i decided not to okay And uh, so we're going to uh, take some questions tonight. And I love questions because you get more answers out of questions than you do sometimes of receiving. Not that when we preach there are not answers in there. It's just that we don't do what is required to get that answer out. And so tonight we're just going to... Oh, and Carol. and. uh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. It's their anniversary. Uh, <clears throat> I know it, fellas. <laughs> I knew Tom before you knew Tom. I went to church one day and Tom came up to me the next Monday and said, Hey, I've seen you in church. Oh, really? What happened? I said, I got saved. <laughs> I think he was in the congregation when I stood up and told the preacher, I ain't lying for you nor anybody oh, else. Dear. Were you there that Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> was pulling him down by the coat. <laughs> and I told that guy, you want? Anyway, he was preaching and speaking things that were not as though they were. Yeah, yeah. One of the languages of the realm of, of faith, faith that we are citizens of. Yeah. And uh, so... But uh so Tom and Carol have been married today, sixty tomorrow, sixty-five years. Uh yeah, and uh, <clears> that? last year he took her to McDonald's. I think this year they're going someplace classier. He did not take her to McDonald's. <laughs> it was a different situation. Sure. Oh, I understand that then. So they pulled over to make out, and we lo and forgive- behold, they were at McDonald's window. <laughs> we forgive so you. So Tom thought, well, we we'll just go ahead and order while we're here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so we're, we're going to uh, answer some questions yeah, tonight. So whatever good. you want to talk about from, um, you know, Armageddon on up. Would do it, yeah. Is it going to happen? Yes. So now that oh, answers that. Someone's so, already got their hand. All right, up. good deal. All Praise right. God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Jesus. All right. In the word, it says to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Yes, it does. My question is that having, all, having done all to stand, stand therefore. Mm-hmm. My question is how do you know? When you are, when you have done all that you can do, to stand.
1: The when first, do yeah. you,
0: uh, When you have done all stand, to stand. Stand therefore. Yep. How do you know whether you're standing in what you've done or standing still to see the salvation of the Lord? Okay, there's there's basically two uh, streams that lead to that. Number one is anybody that is mounting an assault. Or making, let's just say, doing anything by faith. Here, here is the problem with the church. And, and I love the church. And God loves the church. The church just is in lazy mode. And here's the problem. They know what they're supposed to do. They just never do it. Now, every Christian in here knows that if you're going to go to war, then you need to go with an understanding. And you need to go with an end plan or an end promise in your battle. Before I did anything, if I was going to do all, I would search the Scriptures and find out the order of the Lord of the righteous, the counsel and the wisdom of God to direct you. Now, as soon as you do that, and when you search the Scriptures, then having done that, the second stream that you go to is the inward witness in your heart you'll know god i've done all that i can do and when you say that before god in a place of intimacy and resignation that god i just put myself i bankrupt myself god this is all that i know god i've done all that i know to do then that's what you're supposed to do then you have come to the end of yourself dig in your heels and let what I would call the process of the kingdom work. The process of the kingdom is not a straight road. It's ups and downs. It's tribulations. It's persecutions. It's attacks. It's seasons. It's a times of maybe discouragement. It's times of losing your focus. But what you want to do is stay on that course. No matter where it takes you, hold fast to it. And God will bring you to an end. See, what we have to do is understand this. We always look for answers out of 699 books. We try to say, well, let's see what so-and-so said, you know, seven ways to blessing. Then you get up and you confess those seven ways of blessing, which I'm sure that it may have worked for him. But you can't live off a regurgitated faith. And if you're going to live off a regurgitated faith, you're going to live off of something that's already been strained, that's already been drained of a life that faith has been designed to produce for you. You you cannot walk somebody else's steps. You're going to have to allow God to define your steps. And you're going to do that by seeking out the wisdom, the pearl, that is something far more greater and valuable than man. Listen, you're going to have to spend time in the Scripture. And look, I, if, if we don't want to spend time in the Scripture, let's just close the book and have hap, and let's go back to Greek mythology and whatever will be, will be and let faith fate bring us to an end. But if we're going to be people of faith, then it demands that we hear what the Word of God is saying to us. It takes as much time to fail as it does to succeed. It's just that we're so used to failing that we keep getting in that ditch. Break out of what we call normal Christianity and really dare to believe that that word is God's voice to you. And then get in it and hear it. And then do whatever you see to be done. You may not see what I see, you may not see what a hundred other people see. That doesn't matter. There's only one time that God told a leper, go dip dip himself seven times. That man saw something. Listen, there are one times all through the Bible that came out victorious and they seemed so ludicrous to the ordinary way that people were supposed to do it. Now, Elijah could have told the man, said, you know what first you need to do is acknowledge that there is a God in Israel. He would have said, I believe that God is in Israel. That's why I'm here then he'd have said i want you to show yourself to that priest based upon that confession i want you to go show yourself to that priest and he could have went through the priestly order of every leper that could have been healed in israel but god said this is what i require of you and so let god speak to you you say well how will i know you'll know you'll know I have this thing with God. I'm not going if I think I heard you. If you don't speak to me in a way that I know, I'm not going. I'm not doing. I'm <laughs> no, because there is no faith in thinking. Amen. There's no faith in well, I think I heard the Lord. Well, I, you, you know, I, I'm sure what so and so said. Well, so and so's not in your battle. Amen. They aren't facing your giant. Right. They're sitting over there on the hill giving counsel. To people, not to go. No. When you look at the scripture, let it speak to you. And it will. The Bible says in Proverbs 6, bind it about your neck, meditate on it, think on it. When you rise up one day, it will speak to you. And when you do, you'll know. Because that's when faith is born. Faith is not born out of mere knowledge of scriptures. Faith is born out of hearing the voice of... Of God that's in the Scripture. Could again, amen. amen. Now it is in there. You just meditate on it. You search on it, and it'll speak to you. The second thing to do is that inward witness. You'll just know that you know. I'm at the end of myself. This is it, God. I've done all that I can, and this is where I'm standing. That's it. So just do that. Just find out what God said to Roz, Not what he said to a million other people. Find out what God said to Roz, And what God says out of the scripture, I'm telling you what, you will come through and you will see what God said you would see. That's it. It will happen. Okay, fellows. Do you have any other questions? People said, oh my God. (laughs) I might get a little passionate, but I'm not... Mean people say, "Oh my gosh, he's a." No, I'm not mean. I'm passionate. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a Vienna sausage. I'm a quarter pound wiener, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah, Pastor. Uh, how important are the Ten Commandments to the Christian life? Well, every transgression of the law, uh, every transgression that any man, any woman has ever made, has been a transgression of the law. In the Ten Commandments, there is the order of a man's spiritual life, the order of his family life, and the order of his social life, and the order of his dealings with other people. Jesus never said, I come to do away with them. He came to fulfill the law. And what did Jesus speak? He spoke commandments. Even when they asked him about divorce. Look, that's not what God said. And When they asked him other questions, he would say, this is the first commandment. Jesus referred himself back to the commandments always. And so did Paul. He always used a reference of not only just the law, but he used the reference of the Ten Commandments. So are the Ten Commandments uh, relevant for us today? Absolutely. Absolutely. What is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord thy God. What is the greatest New Testament commandment? Love the Lord thy God. What's the second? Love thy neighbor as thyself. So we have those and we can't do away with them. doesn't matter what the world thinks. It's what we know about God. So those ten commandments are the whole entitlement of the government of Israel. If they never had any insights into them. See, when Jesus comes, he unveils not just the law he, un- he unveils the spirit that is in the law and in the Ten Commandments. So when they say, "Well, Moses said we could put him away." He said, "No." He said, "Not except for the, re- for the cause of fornication." Then he says this, "But I say to you, fornication is far more than a sexual act. If a man look upon a woman and desires or lusts after her, he has committed fornication in his heart. So Jesus unveils the Ten Commandments. When you look at the Ten Commandments, Ben, we say, well, look, there's a list. But in that list are a thousand other commandments connected to it. A thousand. You know, under the law, there are 250 sins. You may not know that. But in those 250 sins, there are a thousand Thousand families connected to every sin, connected to every sin. Like love thy neighbor as thyself. What does that mean? A whole lot more than we think it means. We think it means well, you know, as long as they don't have any problems. No, no, no. Doesn't mean. It means that you have to know those that are around you protect them, watch out for them care for them and intercede for them to make sure that they're ready for the coming of the Lord when was the last time we went to our neighbor and found out where their children were if they were on drugs, if they were this or if they were that, if they were I'll just answer that for us it was short service, never why? because you don't love your neighbor as yourself because you don't know him Absolutely. There are millions of sins connected to the 250 sins. That's why a man could never, ever do righteousness. Because every man that discovered the law discovered that he had failed in some way. Like, uh, I did not know that I should not covet my neighbor's wife except the law said thou shalt not covet. Have you ever said, boy, I wish my wife could cook like his wife? Well, you just coveted. (laughs) I wish my wife kept my house as clean as she keeps her. You just coveted. I wish my wife would mow my yard for me when I work over. You just coveted. You see, you don't think that's coveting. That's coveting. You have just coveted. That's why the flesh was so weak. And that's why Jesus needed to come to fulfill the law and grant us his righteousness in the place of our sinfulness. So when we look at them, the same thing comes out of the Ten Commandments. If you could come to the end of one commandment, you could come to the end of God in a certain area. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, the mind, thy soul, the spirit. What would that mean? If you came to the end of what that meant, you could come to the end of God because God is love. Yet the Bible says in Ephesians 2nd chapter, in the eons and the worlds to come, it will take him in the worlds to come to show us what his love and mercy have laid in store for us. Israel doesn't preach scripture they preach letters every letter may mean a hundred different things every time they dot an I boom it changes it changes the whole content changes the reflection on what it means what it's supposed to do so we just say love the Lord thy God well in all those letters are hundreds of Examples or viewings or unveilings of Jehovah. We can't even come to the end of God's thoughts about one person. We could count them like the sands of the sea, go to sleep, get up. We'd have to start all over again. Because while we're sleeping, God's thinking. So how could you come to the end of God when we can't even come to the end of ourselves? That's theological stuff. But you you understand that we need that, Ben. And out of each one of them, if you meditate on it, it'll lead you right to something that God is, that God desires, that God has done, and that God's incorporating in our life. Like value. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart and mind. Value. Who puts God first in everything? Okay, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Right. I got up today to pray, but I thought, oh, well, you know, praise the Lord. So you put God second immediately. That's the first sin of the Bible. I mean, you, you just sinned today. I mean, it could go on and on Ben. So, see your neighbor, love him as yourself. You got a better car than him. What would love do? Well, let's move on. But what I'm trying to get you to see... Is we could not fulfill them. Do you? We, we could not do it. So Jesus had to do it. And he did it at the cross. But none of us have done that. And we couldn't. But Jesus took it to the utmost. And fulfilled the law. He loved his neighbor as himself. Yes Bob. Yes, Pastor, what is the scripture say when it says we are predestined? Okay, that is a big one. Well, you know, do you believe in predestination? Absolutely. 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 What is predestination? The Bible says that we have been predestinated before the foundations of the earth. What does that mean? What happened before the foundations of the earth? The lamb was slain. Every man and woman is predestined to be born again. Because it's not God's will that any should perish. So God couldn't give one end to another without being a respected person. So you say, Well, well, but God knows the choices we're going to make. Well, let's not argue about that. But let's realize that God's plan was that all should be saved and come into repentance. Could have given Amen. And then after that the second predestination is Romans 8 chapter verse 27 down through 29 we are predestined to be conformed into the image of Jesus Christ every believer is predestined to be made into the image of Jesus Christ but every sinner is predestined to be a son and a daughter of God see we say that it's God's selection Well, if God knew who was going to not be saved and those that could be saved and it's not his will that any should perish, two and two equals that God would never have a man born that was without hope. So the predestination, Bob, is we were predestined before the foundations of the earth, not after the earth, before the earth. And we are all predestined to be born again come Titus 2 says that the salvation of God hath appeared unto all men and that we should God would have us all come into the knowledge of salvation all, all, all so this selective predestination is just a doctrine that is, is has too many holes in it the problem is who knows if they're predestined or not well nobody knows until the end <laughs> No, you're the Holy Ghost bears witness whether you are or you aren't. Right. Her mother, went, uh, we had a friend one time, she got saved and she ran and told her mother, I gave my life to Jesus. She said, well, honey, that's not up to you. It's up to God. You'll never know you're saved until the end. She ran into the bedroom and got down on her knees and prayed, She you come out and said, well, I asked God and he said, I'm one of them. <laughs> that, that, that just resulted. We, again, if predestination is true, then we really have very little hope of preaching to the masses. Where you're gonna end up is your choice. Amen? I set before you life and death. Life and death. Not just in this life, but life and death. Eternal life and death and the present day life and death. But it's your choice. And so we, we can't say, well, well, God just sent me to hell. No. Now, we have a legitimate argument against injustice. Oh, God's always just. Absolutely. That's why nobody would go to hell without the choice of salvation. Nobody. And nobody could ever convince me that God sends somebody to an eternity Despite their desire to be saved Come on, no, it's it's just not possible So predestination is before the foundations of the earth That's what they don't realize and we are all Predestined to salvation Why because the lamb was slain before the foundation of the earth. Therefore we were all declared sinners before we were ever born And therefore, the gospel had to be made available to all men or God has selectively damned innocent people. And God has not done that and never will do that. He's a just God. Okay. Let's get one more, darling. Come on, give me, give me, give me goodbye. Uh, Oh, John. Come on, John, make it an easy one. Pastor, you were talking about that. I thought, I was thinking that Scripture verses C said in Revelation, I will blot their name out of the Lamb's book of life. In order to blot it out, it has to already be there. I'd say it had to be there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good point, John. Yep. And, uh, you know, so why would Jesus present himself or be presented to anyone if he knew he was going to be rejected? We have a short time on this earth, and... If we don't do our due diligence, there'll be hundreds of people that will hear by different sources. You realize that in in the book of Revelation, there are 144,000 Jews sealed. They never have the gospel preached to them. Never. But God, out of his sovereign will, has numbered, marked those 144,000. And they're all going to be saved at an instantaneous moment in Revelations, and they'll go out and start preaching the gospel and demonstrating it by signs and wonders. So, could God appear to every sinner? If he doesn't appear to every sinner, if every sinner doesn't hear the gospel, then how could Mark, the sixth chapter, be true? They shall believe and be saved. They shall believe not and be damned. That could not be true on the behalf of anybody. You have to hear and have to have choice. Amen. And so, you know, it, it goes right along, John, with just what you said. If that name was not there, it could not be blotted out. So, yes, God has knowledge, but God doesn't. No, I'm not going there. Why did God tempt Abraham? Because he knew what, what he was going to do with Isaac. Or did he tempt him to know his heart but God knows all the thoughts of the intents of the heart you're absolutely right he does he knows every thought and intent of the heart but the choice of the thought and intent of the heart is up to you see God knows the outcome of every decision but I do not believe that he knows every decision of man but he's all-knowing I understand that. But there's also places if God set before you and he knew you was going to choose, then you don't have a choice at all. Right. That's mere puppetry. Right. 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 Amen? So God tempted Abraham to try his reins. David told God, God, try my reins, find what's in me. And so God doesn't tempt us with evil but he does test us to find out if we will choose him over us right you say well how do we understand all that we don't we don't understand it all I mean I don't understand how I'm made besides I'm flesh but I don't understand that there is an unseeable force that resides in me that when it leaves I just drop dead I mean, I just fall to the ground. I I don't understand. Medical science, scientists don't understand what the human spirit and the soul of man is. We don't understand it. We think we understand it. We don't understand it at all. We get little glimpses of it. And at most, we are trying to build an image of Jesus Christ on threads that we catch out of the Scriptures. But if we could really catch a glimpse of Jesus, that when he comes, we shall be like him. Most of us would not be the same people tomorrow. Listen, I'm, I'm trying all that I can to love my neighbor and do everything God wants me to do. But if you think that I'm deceived enough to think that I have arrived, let me give you a real revelation. Every day, I am granted mercy and grace to breathe the next day. And if any of us think that we're any different, then we are not. Because we are putting off the old and we're putting on the new. And that is threads at a time, not whole infusions of garments. And at your best, in your best day, opening a thousand blind eyes, raising 10,000 dead people, you have still fell short Of God's glory you all of us have and it's only by his grace and mercy that sin does not have its reactivation and dominion over us so we don't know all these things and you know well what if you're wrong pastor well okay it did not divert my faith that I needed Jesus Christ as my savior There's lots of doctrines that go on in churches and in people's hearts that have nothing to do with their salvation. Nothing to do. I mean, 90%, 9.999999, 9.999999 of us live in unbelief in some area of our life every day. Every day. Well, what covers that? Grace and mercy. But, uh, Pastor, I'm, I'm convinced that I'm just as, as good I'm spotless before God, said the blind man. No, you're not. No, absolutely not. It's only through the prism of the shed blood of Jesus Christ does God identify us as his own. Amen. Listen, I'm, I'm not deceived. I, I told the guys the other day, I failed a million times. And I'm guaranteeing you they were failures. I'm just keeping eye on How many times have no, you I'm succeeded? Definitely. Maybe five. Maybe six. I don't think I've succeeded any more than that. Everything else that you would call success has been God's grace poured upon me for the moment to rescue the other individual. Oh, but you got power. No, I don't have power. God told me I don't have enough power. And I don't. And I'm striving and pursuing to turn that around. I want to be a man of power. But the places that I go and what we do is not because I'm such a great guy. My wife will tell you, that's not true. But I am a willing guy. And so God uses me despite myself. Before I'm going on to crusade grounds, I'm saying, God, I know that I have failed to prepare. Why? Because I'm not Christ-like yet. I'm complaining about the heat. I'm complaining about the room. I'm complaining about the food. I'm complaining, complaining, complaining. But the Bible said, set what's set before you and murmur not, but. I've overlooked that. So I say, God, now you know that I have failed. But God, I love you, and I'm here to do what you want me to do. Now, God, you be God for these people. And God, do what only you can do so they will believe in the name of your beloved son, Jesus Christ. And when I do that sincerely, it's going to happen. It's just going to happen. But I don't go there with the attitude. Yeah, buddy, we're going to wreck it. I go there with the attitude. God, without you, nothing is going to happen here. Absolutely not. Listen, I have, I have succeeded in five or six areas of my life. But I'm telling you, I have failed in millions of them. And have failed in my successes. Now, God don't see him as much as other people see him. But God sees them with mercy and grace. And I'm going to probably fail another million times. But if I get another five or six times success, I'm willing to go through it. I'm willing. Yes? There was a missionary that went to this island. And they said that anybody that goes on this island is killed. That they don't allow other people on the island. Now, how are they going to hear God's word if they, people go, go there and get killed and they're not preach the gospel? Well, like the great American Indian said this, Sharon, when they come to preach the gospel to them, they said that we had a great spirit come to us and to preach to us a man that would recover us from our sins. And that's not just one story. I mean, you go into other tribal stories. Uh, uh, Ron Larry, uh, he now ministers all over the place. But Ron uh, would come here, and when they get Sundays, they come. But he said he was in a jail cell. And uh, he was in a jail cell, and Jesus come walking through the wall, preached the gospel to him. Ron got down on his knees, gave his life to Jesus. You say, well, I don't believe that. Tell that to Paul Paul and Ron so look you, you listen the Bible says that the invisible things of the world can be seen by the visible do you know that God could talk to you out of a tree I remember we had one of the leader uh, players of three dog nights Come and give his testimony one time. He said, I was on drugs. I got saved and the church I went to didn't like me because he kept his long hair. He said, I gave all, all my cars away and I was riding a bike. And I was still, man, I was still addicted to drugs. And I thought, God, you got to help me. And God said, stop. He said, I stopped and he looked. He said, he turned his head and he saw a tree. And God said, go over there and eat those leaves. He said, God, people think I'm weird. He said, you are. Go over there and eat that tree. The guy went over there and ate that tree and God delivered him from every side effect of drugs. So it may be the birth of the child that revolutionizes a man's life. It may be a star. It, it may be a fish. You don't know all of creation. Remember, the trees clap their hands. The stones have a voice in them. Anybody remember those stories? Absolutely. So does it mean they have to be quiet when we're quiet? Or do you think that they could preach the gospel through eyes only? That man receives hundreds of times faster. John 6, 2, when they saw the miracles they believed. Could God unveil the miracle of a tree? Sure. Sure. Would that be the voice of the gospel? Yes, absolutely. We never know how God is going to speak to people. We don't know. But we do know that God will speak. And if it takes all of those things to get somebody saved, Sharon, it will happen. It will happen. God could appear to them. We don't know. We don't know what happens after death. And we say, well, go to heaven and earth. Absolutely, I understand that. But there is a time frame from the journey. So I don't know. You know, we want to say we know everything. We don't know everything. We preach sound doctrine so we don't get messed up. But we don't know everything. Don't try to tell everybody what they did was not right. Don't tell everybody. Well, you're not saved because you didn't do it my way. You're not this. You're not that. You know, I didn't cry when I got saved. Now I know when we're in church, God, when people get saved, they say, "Boy, that guy really got saved." You see how much he cried. Next week he never come to church. Next week he never come, never come, never come. Find out he's back down to the bar drinking. But the woman that just knelt and said, "God, be merciful to me, a sinner," she got saved. She's been there ever since. So we don't know. Come on. There are just things that happen. We don't know. Could I get an amen? We do not know. Look, I, I heard the story about Abraham. You remember this story, Phyllis? We, Phyllis and I went to West Virginia, and I told her, I said, I'm going up on that mountain. And I'm going to find God. I'm going to tell him, you want me saved, here I am. So lo and behold, as God would have it, I found this big rock. And I'm telling you, I knew, I knew, I knew that God had brought it from Israel. It was a rock of Abraham. And I said, God, here I am. Save me. Save me, God. Help me. Forgive me. God, I'm wretched. Do something with me. I was up there for hours come back down to the foot of the mountain and Phyllis says what happened? Did he speak? I said he's as mute as a rock. (laughs) He spoke nothing. Why? I've been raised in a church where emotionalism Was the key to salvation. And that rock was big. That mountain was high. The only person didn't show up was God. Later after I got saved. I preached at a church at the bottom of that mountain. It was my first message. I was going to preach. My second message. I'm sorry. I opened up the Bible. and I went to quote. Romans 5.8. And I misquoted one word. I closed my Bible and said, I want to apologize. I thought I was anointed of God, but evidently I'm not. I walked right out of that door of that church, right down that hallway. The pastor was saying, oh, my God, what's going on? Where are you going? Where are you going? Pee, 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 pee. And I would walk right out that door, slam that door and walk right down. And lo and behold, I found myself at the bottom of that mountain, same mountain on that dirt road. And I said, God, get down here now. I'm just about fed up. So God never showed up again. I went and told my pastor what I did. And he said, aren't you glad God didn't show up? I said, why? He said, son, just the outskirts of his garment would have fried you. You would have been a crispy critter. I said, yeah, yeah, I guess I'm And he said, that wasn't a God problem. That was your brain problem. Stop being stupid. I thought I was being spiritual. You know, you're stupid. Okay. And that was his deal with me. I'll tell you when you mess up. And he told me. He said, now go out there and try again. So I did. And eventually, he introduced me one night on a New Year's Eve service. said, I knew him. His first message lasted less than five seconds. But since then, you can't shut him up. You better get comfortable because we're going to be here for a long time. <laughs> And I, <laughs> I made him a truth teller. So we don't know what happens. We don't know how God speaks to us. Phyllis heard a newscast. Peace, peace. And when they say peace, be aware of sudden destruction. She heard that news report and remembered the scripture from a youth. Came home knelt down in the bathroom and got saved by the toilet. What did somebody preaching? The newscaster said, peace with Israel. Oh my God. The news preached the gospel. She's been saved ever since. Ever since. So we don't know all that stuff. So I don't try to figure it out. I just go with the flow. All right, praise God. Stand your feet and let's pray. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God, we thank you. We thank you for your mercy. God, just draw us. Draw us, God, by your spirit. No man can come unto you, God, in any deeper senses than what you draw us to. God, it is not man initiative. God, it is not, not even man desire, except that you ignite it. God, ignite us. God, fill us with a great desire. God, to have more of you, no matter what the cost. Let us see everything but dung, God. God, that we may lay hold of you. The true true riches of life let us lay hold of God make us hungry make us thirsty and we ask it in Jesus name amen and amen